Welcome to the fifth episode of our ARM New Reality series. And today we're going to extend beyond the screen and look at how innovation is powering some pretty exciting new ways of interacting with the real world. We all know that screens have become extensions of our personal experiences. And we'll have one of the co-founders of Hong Kong-based interaction design agency, Visionary 777, which harnesses Unity real-time 3D to extend screen reach onto real-world objects to talk about that. Joining me in this discussion are two guests. The first is Lauren Thorpe, Senior Director of Ecosystem Development for ARMS Ecosystem Group. She's responsible for growing and sustaining the robust community of developers and publishers working on ARM-based platforms. Our second guest is Franz Lanshorn, co-founder at Visionary 777. Franz is a co-founder and project leader for the automotive department. Alongside partners such as Unity, he now leads teams working on interactive software tools deployed by a number of global automotive brands. Perhaps we can kick things off with you, Franz. Having seen your videos showing the great work that you've done in recent years, I thought it might be fun to start by talking about the challenges you've seen in bringing real-time 3D to mobile devices and what you've done to overcome those challenges. Well, um, yes, um, there, there are definitely some challenges to bring uh, 3D real-time to mobile devices, especially when you have to uh, display like complex uh, 3D assets like previously. Uh, like 10 years ago, uh, you, you were only talking about uh, games, uh, mini games uh, running in 3D on the mobile device, but now you can actually display like a complete car from inside out, but it does require challenges and those are um, uh, quite things, thankfully through Unity, we can uh, really optimize 3D assets, uh, textures, uh, rendering, shaders, so that we can deliver the best quality. Uh, there are different ways to, to, to deliver 3D on mobile devices. It can be through native 3D apps. It could be on uh, WebGL uh, 3D directly on the web browser. We can even now like uh, use cloud streaming solutions so that we could put an application instance in the cloud in order to deliver a super lightweight uh, 3D experience uh, to the user um, directly in the cloud as well. And Lauren, how about you? Yeah, so... Um... We've absolutely seen uh, both the, the challenges, but also the tremendous evolution of what can be done on uh, in mobile environments today in terms of uh, bringing 3D experiences, whether those are trying to deliver experiences to uh, virtual reality devices or augmented reality devices um, or augmented reality through your uh, smartphone. Um, it's pretty impressive the types of experiences that are already enabled today. Uh, and it's super exciting to see where we'll where we'll be going going forward to make those more uh, more autonomous and maybe even more integrated into our lives. So this is a question for both of you, and follows on from your comment, Lauren, about integration of the technology into our lives. Perhaps, Franz, we can start with your take on where you're seeing the strongest adoption right now for augmented reality experiences in retail and industrial applications. Are there particular industries that you see embracing the technology right now? Well, definitely for, let's say, consumer shopping experiences, we can see that um, uh, AR has been quite used for uh, trying products at home, let's say furniture, or um, let's say for car, a lot of uh, car manufacturers, uh, OEMs have 
been uh, showing different various examples of like uh, augmented reality car where you can explore the car from inside out in your driveway um and uh but also used in very industrial cases where uh we can see how ar can be applied for um uh, an assistance on a machine like uh, giving uh step-by-step -step instructions in context with the machine uh how to operate it uh and things like this yeah so there are really various use cases but definitely uh, for shopping experiences and also industrial uh, experiences are really, really strong. Lauren, in what industries are you seeing strong adoption of augmented reality? Well, um, if you make it specific to mobile devices, then um, retail is definitely the first one that comes to mind, um, enhancing uh, the ability for people as they're shopping, uh, either whether they're shopping in their own home to visualize uh, where objects would fit in their house and how they would look, um, that's uh, definitely uh, one area that you see specific to mobile. Even enhanced shopping in stores with uh, augmented reality. So, um, I don't know, I see a shirt, I like the shirt, I touch the shirt, feels great, but they don't have my size, or I want to see the full length, full options of all of the different colors, uh, as well as all of, you know, the different sizes, maybe, um, or even, you know, kind of the, the virtual dressing room, right? So retail is definitely an area uh, where we see on mobile devices. And I, I would say I, I agree with Franz when you're, when you're looking at it from a more industrial perspective, um, you know, AR on a mobile phone is one area we start to see, um, but that means that your hands are still busy holding onto that device. So moving from AR on a mobile phone to actually augmented reality glasses or helmets or whatever's appropriate for that industrial environment um, for that, um, you know, very specific, um, how do I fix this? How do I do that when um, either I'm new on the job for job training or I'm a repairman in the field, uh, I can bring up a manual and information. Um, I'd also say that um, some of the more maybe gimmicky potentially parts of um, uh, that we've seen so far are kind of niche markets. Um, for example, collaboration. Um, really, with uh, the requirements of for people working from home more and more right now, I think we've seen a serious shift from how do we make these from really niche to making them more available and experiences for folks to be able to collaborate, even though we're we're not able to meet in person right now. Thanks for that. And I wanted to have Franz pick up on this idea of training people using this technology. This idea of taking information that isn't physically possessed by an individual and using technology to deliver that information to a user on demand. How are you applying this approach to the work you're doing? So, uh, yeah, we, we developed a, a solution called ARPM, uh, basically for preventive, preventive maintenance, where um, basically a staff uh, in, a, in, a, in a, let's say, managing a building would uh, be empowered with a mobile device uh, because um, those are traditional devices. Uh, they, they are not yet ready necessarily to use like complex hardware like a headset, but mobile devices could be sufficient for such tasks. And the idea is that the, the mobile device can uh, understand the physical surrounding, like the spatial environment uh, of, the, of the building of the floor, uh, so the device knows where it is uh, in a defined floor, and basically the 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 the, the staff can can have step by step guiding instruction where to navigate to go to which room to uh, let's say 
uh, check if the air conditioning is working properly. Uh, and then on this air conditioning piece um, of hardware, there is going to be a multiple uh, instructions given at the right time uh, in the right place for, for this staff to, to operate the machine. So yeah, this, this kind of use cases uh, are, are becoming really, really strong uh, with the, the, the technology offered by uh, today's personal devices with like LiDAR cameras that can precisely uh, scan the environment and detect where you are. So it's really, really exciting to see how those technologies can become become really mature today with, with like just personal devices, non-professional hardware. Everything you've both said suggests that we're seeing a really evolving role for screens in our lives. And you've given some great examples of how this is changing retail experiences and work experiences. Where do you think it goes next? Uh, I've um, relatively recently met a company that I think is working on something that's absolutely fantastic that to me embodies the future. Um, all, all public information company called uh, Mojo Vision. They're working on augmented reality contact lenses. Um, and the reason why I think this is so fabulous is because, you know, it's something minimally invasive, but the whole point is to bring you the information that's really useful. So contextually aware information um, when you need it. Uh, and so I, I feel like in today's world with all of these screens where we're absolutely inundated with, with information and access to information and so many different formats and ways to, to digest this information. Um, the idea of a limited interface uh, of being this contact lens that just enhances with some additional information based on what's going on and what information I need and would be useful. Again, vision, right, where we're headed. But to me, that's really, it's a future I, I look forward to for sure. Um, for, for, from my side, I'm quite excited about volumetric displays. So we see an evolution of screens uh, um, that are able to now display volumetric images from different viewpoints uh, without the need of wearing extra hardware like uh, uh, glasses. Uh, this is really exciting because uh, an image on the screen, on the 2D screen, is, is nice. You can make it 4K and so on, uh, more sharp, bigger. But uh, we live in a three-dimensional world, so it's important to see digital also in three dimensions, uh, which you can do with AR on a mobile device. So, the, so volumetric displays are really exciting. They're starting to 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 get really um, mature, better quality every day. Uh, and I'm also quite interested in the, the modalities of uh, interactions behind, like how do do you interact with uh, volumetric objects like through uh, gesture sensing, haptic feedbacks. Uh, so there's quite a lot of exciting possibilities coming uh, for, for the next few years. Very thought-provoking. And it gets to another topic I wanted to touch on. We have a lot of mobile devices now. And when you think about people with their mobile devices, smartwatches, and even sensors they might have in their cars, there are lots of different mobile devices but a lot of the value and the insight seems to come when they're working together. So maybe Lauren, you could start by talking a bit about how you see the value from these mobile devices when they're working together to drive new experiences. Yeah, the, um, there is no doubt that as these um, devices, uh, well, there, there's two parts to working together, right? One is the collection of a bunch of different devices that you have. You know, you brought up your 
maybe an automobile, uh, a mobile phone, and a smartwatch, right? So one aspect of that is how, if I have all these things, these, these objects working together, they know who I am, how I can personalize those experiences. I think also from an input perspective, how I work, what is the human to machine interface between these different devices? How can we make that super simple for a person to just not have to think about it? You know, the more we have to think about technology, um, the, the more it gets in the way of the experience that we're going to have. So I think as these devices communicate, uh, work on common platforms, uh, and can consolidate data uh, about us to create those better and more contextually aware experiences. I think all those sensors provide that much, or sensors and screens provide that much more value to us. Um, there's a different aspect to the question too, which is, you know, um, is there benefit or what is that experience when um, these devices talk to each other? And there's lots of examples out there when you think about what happens if um, cars are smart enough to you know, share information as you're approaching an intersection to say, there's a blind corner, there's somebody in the intersection, let the vehicle that can't see the pedestrian know you should slow down, there's a danger ahead. So there, there's also, how do these devices talk to each other to provide a better, you know, experience for everyone or a safer experience? And so there's two aspects to it, but both are super compelling. Um, yeah, exactly. So jumping on what Lauren said, uh, I think it's quite exciting to see how the technology evolved uh, through the years about how do you transition from one device to another. I mean, used to be uh, a long time ago, we can only copy paste files between one device to another, plugging uh, uh, USB or floppy disks. Like this is like really long time ago, but uh, these days we can do like uh, uh, Bluetooth, uh, we can do uh, airdrop, all these kind of things. And uh, looking forward, like hopefully these transitions are going to be more and more seamless because the idea behind like having a, a smartwatch uh, or a car, which is uh, powered by, by, uh, by devices, like how, how does the consumer journey transition from like you wake up in the morning, you put on your smartwatch, you take your car, you go to work, potentially wear an AR headset at work, et cetera. So how does the information transition between all those devices seamlessly? Um, so it's quite exciting to see how it becomes more and more easy, but there's still a, a lot of, uh, of work to be done, I think, which is quite exciting for the future and opening so many, uh, so many doors, so many possibilities uh, to create rich experiences. When you start thinking about that, not only are all the devices working together, but there's also a lot of data flowing between them and into them. We were talking earlier about the car, and I think about the car as a mobile computing device that is going to take in data from outside sources and deliver a lot of digital services in the vehicle, working together with your other digital devices. Is that how you see it? Um, yeah, so we, 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 can, we can see that cars now like are really like uh, computers on wheels and also uh, through the fact that uh, we have autonomous driving, like the whole experience uh, inside the car is drastically changed. What do you do when you're not driving the car? So there's a, 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 a lot of uh, possibilities of entertainment or even working inside your car. Uh, so therefore, the, the importance of having devices connected to each other is, is really crucial um, so that you could leverage the screens inside the car to work or to uh, 
potentially entertain and so on. Um, and and uh, like also the fact that uh, the, the car is understanding the surrounding environment uh, through LiDAR cameras, uh, a bunch of sensors. You can also communicate to your personal devices as well to give some uh, different uh, information uh, based on that about uh, uh, like uh, restaurants, things like this that you want to to uh, to go. Uh, yeah, there's just so many possibilities behind. That sounds like a great opening to return to the topic of context and the fact that you've now got these mobile devices that can reveal to you a lot of things you might not otherwise see based on where you are and what you're doing, either in a retail context or a work context. Perhaps we could start with you, Lauren, about some of the great work you're seeing in the ecosystem around that. Sure. I think the developer community has been um, super imaginative as they think about, you know, as they see what, what mobile devices today are capable of offering. Um, as we see the sensors evolve on mobile devices, the ability to do more detailed, for example, um, 3D scanning to, to create some pretty cool user experiences out of that, too, is something I think we'll see in the, in the, in the, in the near future. Um, but really the, the, the idea that you can take where I am physically, what I'm seeing and the information that resides uh, on the internet and pull those things together uh, to help enhance and augment whatever my current experience is. I, it is, it is massively powerful, whether it's through training, whether it's for collaboration, whether it's for shopping. It, we didn't even talk about um, healthcare and the medical space. Um, I think there's some, some absolutely amazing opportunities. And, the ecosystem, I think we're, we're really fortunate that there are some great and open tool platforms out there um, provided by you know, some, some of the larger vendors, but it's really making this a more accessible uh, platform and area for developers to play with. Uh, innovation really comes from the ecosystem. And, uh, and I think if you keep your eyes peeled to the space, we're gonna find more and more really compelling user experiences. Yeah, the way you talk about it, it's almost like you're a superhero and you've got x-ray vision and you can all of a sudden see all kinds of things you didn't see before. I think it's exciting that you've got this way of viewing the world now that you didn't have before. And Franz, it would be great to get your insights on this, particularly as you're delivering this kind of capability using real-time 3D and you're doing it in a non-gaming environment. Yes, exactly. Um, so uh, some example about that, like um, we, let's say in the context of a, an automotive uh, um, env environment, um, we, 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 we create an application with Unity uh, that can understand uh, physical objects. So let's say a car. A car is not necessarily an easy object to, to recognize, but with Unity and third-party uh, AR technology, we are able to accurately uh, recognize a car, even though the body is like completely shiny, it might have different body paints. Uh, today, we are able to accurately detect this car. And given that possibility, we can empower, let's say, a sales in a dealership with an, a tablet, and he could greet uh, a consumer um, and demonstrate technologies that are under the hood of the car. So. AR is really great because you can demonstrate things that are not uh, visible to the human eye. 
how do you explain a complex uh, electric chassis under uh, the hood of the car? Um, with AR and with a uh, tablet, you can actually do that. And, and it's amazing to see that um, this is now um, possible through uh, Unity, which was primarily uh, built to develop games, but now we can leverage this uh, for a much more enterprise and professional environment. So perhaps you can tell me a little bit more about how you see enterprise and professional development with these technologies. Um, so Uni Unity um, is basically offering a lot of uh, toolkits uh, to enable to enable developers to build uh, such uh, applications. So there, there are a lot of like um, now documentations and things like that uh, to to explain what are the benefits of these technologies. Uh, same like all the AR machine learning uh, and 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 all this AI are now uh, really mature and beyond the gimmick like used to be uh, um, five ten years ago it was only for like uh, marketing gimmicks but now you can really apply uh, these technologies to the enterprise world and really deliver uh, uh, solutions that are tools to be used by. Uh, staff to help them during their work. Like I said, uh, you replace a paper brochure uh, uh, from a, 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 of a sales in a dealership, or you could empower a, a um, worker inside a factory plant with uh, headsets or iPad devices to, to help them to better uh, execute their work. Um, yeah, they're just uh, yeah. It it becomes more and more mature for the enterprise world. So I recent I recently uh, uh, saw or heard uh, an example of that in action where something was pretty gimmicky. So um, you know, I, I I do like the retail shopping experience where I can take use the augmented reality app in my smartphone and place a piece of furniture in my house to see how it fits and looks. Felt a little gimmicky, but it has a practical nature. But I saw a business case on that recently where. Um, People who are who need to sell into a grocery store for placement of uh, for product placement, for example, and then who have those special display sizes that get put up in a grocery store. Uh, historically, the way they sold those things is they go out with a big, you know, tape measure and a kind of a, a mocked-up um, how much space is this display going to take, and the grocery store would choose um, how much size they were willing to allocate to that display. And now, using the same type of technology and experience that we have to bring furniture into our home uh, through augmented reality, these folks are doing this in a professional context where they're showing the store um, how much the different display sizes will take visually up, and they can compare it against the actual shopping aisle that they were going to place it on, at the head of the aisle on. And it's made their sales cycle significantly shorter um, because it's a really quick and it's something that can even be done remotely. Uh, and so it's, it's, it's really seeing how technology starts out maybe a little bit gimmicky, but ends up actually providing real value to businesses. Yeah, and I can also see how you can bring in data behind that. So you would have information about how well that space sold in the past and what kinds of products performed well there. That could be behind a preview that someone might look at when exploring where to have their products featured. Sure. No, I think uh, I think uh, you're absolutely right. Um, access to data and more information can help shopkeepers really, uh, in store owners really improve uh, improve their sales. 
smartphones and additional sensors they have on it, customer loyalty programs, and how those two things tie together provide data to uh, shop owners. And you add that with uh, augmented reality experiences, including um, indoor navigation to help shoppers be more efficient in what they're shopping for, but also potentially to guide them to things that you think they might be interested in. So here's where we get into some of the AI uh, being used on top of all of that data that's being collected. Um, in, in theory, to better uh, consumers' experience and, and definitely to better shopkeepers' uh, you know, financial returns. Franz, we've talked a lot about retail. I wanted to talk a little bit about industrial applications. You guys have worked on projects for large industrial firms that make heavy machinery and on projects that use this technology to aid in maintenance and repair and other applications. Perhaps you could talk about this technology being used at that scale outside of retail in large industrial settings. Yes, so there are, there are multiple aspects of it um, for industrial uh, use cases. One of the first example is uh, training. So how do you train uh, new uh, staff, new workers to operate a machine? Um, so um, empowering them with uh, smart devices, uh, like uh, let's say a, a tablet with uh, AR technology or a headset, um, you can explain step-by-step step how to operate this machine. Uh, and you can also measure how this person is uh, is is doing. So you you can quantify uh, you, you can uh, quantify how much uh, the, the the performance of the of the of the, the training. And the second aspect of it is uh, the actual uh, usage of of this machine. So on site uh, you've got worker operating the machine, but you can interconnect it with IoT data. So how do you visualize uh, the data? If there is a downtime on the machine, this machine is to be repaired at this place. Um, so using AR technology, we can really display the right information at the right time. Um, and it's really, really important because if you think about uh, an entire factory plant, like there are so many pieces of machinery uh, operating simultaneously and we really, really need to empower those workers with smart devices so that they can uh, basically uh, operate better, faster, uh, minimize risks, uh, downtime, all that things like, uh, and can save a lot of money behind. Thanks, Franz. And Lauren, how does that play into ARM's developer ecosystem? Well, we believe that um, the, the industrial space um, is definitely a, a market segment that has um, a real ROI uh, when it comes to using tools like augmented reality and virtual reality. So from an ecosystem perspective, um, we do everything we can to support those early adopters of new technology. We work very closely with Unity to make sure that um, the optimization to make sure things run beautifully on ARM platforms is invisible to developers so that developers don't have to do anything more or special um, to make uh, their applications and experiences perform. Uh, and so that's, you know, we, we love understanding uh, where folks are headed in the ecosystem, what they want to create, and then making it as easy as possible for them to be successful. Do you think COVID may have accelerated adoption of this technology? And if so, how is that happening? Yes, for sure. We can really see that uh, COVID really boosted the, the digital transformation uh, because uh, basically 
many businesses were left off with no options. Uh, they had to move on to digital in order to reach their customer, in order to continue to operate their work remotely. So there was just no choice if they wanted to keep in the game. And uh, uh, it's it's pretty good because a lot of uh, uh, businesses are, are, are really established from many, many years and it's hard to change processes. But uh, now they start to 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 do those uh, those those changes, and it's going to be beneficial for the future. It's now or never, um, and uh, I think the technology today is really mature to to really help uh, those those businesses. And I think in in some cases, actually, the fact that uh, they moved on to digital. Uh, really actually increased the, the, their sales in some aspects of it. Like uh, uh, they didn't know it was uh, going to work like this, but after doing it, they could see that the performance were better. So I think it's a, it's a really good thing for the future that this somehow really helped to boost uh, the, the digital transformation. And Lauren, how are you seeing the impact of COVID on the adoption of this technology? Yeah, I would agree with, uh, with France. Um, the... Uh, the, the traditional barriers to technology adoption um, involve a lot of persuading of a lot of folks who aren't necessarily comfortable and believe the current way they're working works just fine. Um, COVID obviously has, you know, forced everybody to think differently. And I think that's really opened the doors and brought down a lot of those barriers um, and allowed people to be a lot more experimental in, uh, in terms of seeking out solutions. Um, and uh, I, I agree that the technology is here and now uh, and certainly can do a lot. I, I also know that it will be improving uh, with each year that comes. And so, you know, those improvements will, will help to make that experience even better. Um, but I agree wholeheartedly. This need to be able to communicate with people not in proximity, share more with them, um, get them involved, um, you know, all while maintaining distance has, uh, has definitely broken down a lot of barriers. Last question, I promise. So Lauren, you brought up those Mojo Vision AR contact lenses, but aside from specific hardware, when you think about the future of what mobile technology, machine learning, and AR might bring us, what's your vision for that future? So Franz, we'll start with you. Where do you see all this going and where would you like it to go? Mm, well, one thing that I see is... Uh, let's say the aspect online to offline. So how do you bring people uh, online to the physical space? So one example is uh, Pokemon Go. Uh, it's it's a game uh, based on Pokemon, but actually they manage to bring people in the physical world interacting together in the physical world. And I think this is actually the key, like uh, how, let's say I, I experience uh, a car digitally at home, what makes me want to go to the dealership to make a purchase or just to try it out? Like, so how can we transition from, from the digital to the physical world seamlessly back and forward? I think it's really important that um, uh, we are not only diving into the digital world uh, because physical is so much more interesting, but if you can combine both, this is where uh, it becomes really, really powerful. Um, so yeah, so I think this is really like for me, the transition between physical and digital is really the key and there's so much more to do. And Lauren, where do you see things going? 
And, and where would you like them to go? Well, the long-term vision is always to, to, to not have to see the technology, right? That it's seamless, uh, integrated, and does what we want it to do when we want it to do it. Um, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm a huge fan and believer in the future of, of augmented reality. Um, I think virtual reality has a great future um, in, uh, in, in certain aspects. I think augmented reality is much broader based. And I believe that because it helps, I think, enhance a lot of, um, it, it enables social interaction while also enhancing and augmenting um, the experience that you're having and, and access to information. So my vision includes uh, augmenting my reality with contextually aware and contextually appropriate information without me having to think about it. Thanks again so much to you both. That was a great discussion. You could say it was almost super powered. It's great to see this inspiring work.